feel like a hamster inside of a wheel running a sprint inside of a marathon while balancing on top of a teeter-totter. This podcast is for you. Welcome to Settle Smarter with me, Dana Look Arimoto. So welcome back to the Settle Smarter podcast. I'm your host, Dana Look Arimoto. I am so excited today. In this time of COVID with uncertainty, fear, and doubt, I have a very special guest with me. His name is Darrell Young, and he's going to talk about his journey a little bit today. I feel really honored that he's with us because unlike many of us who are trying to reinvent ourselves right now with the shelter-in-place scenario that we're living with, coexisting, we're working remote while others in our home are working remote, we're making conscious trade-offs and settling smarter than we've ever had to before because work-life integration, folks, it is here. We have arrived. It is here. I don't want to say it's here to stay because all y'all are going to tune out, but I don't know how long it's here. So Darrell is going to enlighten us a little bit today with his own journey, which started pre-COVID. He's really reinvented himself. He's pretty inspirational and he's a great guy. So hi, Darrell. Hey, how are you? (laughs) I'm okay. Hanging in. How about you? All is well. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> so honored that you're here. So let's get into it, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So your journey as a pro football player, can you talk about that journey, kind of a little bit about where you were and then kind of where you came to in the last few years? Because you have a pretty cool job right now, at least from the outside in. I told you earlier in our pre-call, I don't know much about football. Don't hate listeners. Uh, but being an engagement manager and dealing with the players, having been a player to me in a leadership way for the listeners that know I've been a CEO and I've run companies and helped executives run their companies. And I'm currently helping a lot of executives today. Being a lead by example, kind of a person is more rare than it is common. And you're that kind of guy. So tell us about your journey. So uh, small school went to Villanova, more better known for academics and basketball. I uh, came out of there as an undrafted free agent to the Washington Redskins. I uh, didn't get a call on draft day. Ended up going to camp. I was cut three times in 24 hours. Came home, worked at finish line for a little bit. Got signed back to the Redskins, switched positions. Uh, ended up being a starting fullback for the next six years. Um, my contract was up there in 2015. Went over and started doing TV because I didn't get a call uh, in D.C., Transitioned out of that, got signed with the Bears. They released me after training camp. Uh, sat at home, worked out with three clubs. <laughs> uh, signed with the Panthers in January of that. Told my mom, if they cut me, I'm done. Uh, ended up going through the offseason. They drafted a fullback. The team told me they were going to keep me. They released me an hour later when I was out looking for apartments. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I said that day I'm done. And, you know, I interviewed or excuse me, I put in an application for the NFL office for my current gig now. Uh, I actually worked in the events department for six months and then transitioned into player engagement afterwards. So a little bit of a journey, uh, nothing to feel bad about, just a story to tell. <laughs> so he does this with a smile on his face. And we're going to try to take a screen capture because he has this amazing smile, y'all. And I just want to ask you, you have transitioned so much, and it sounds like the journey of resilience, in my world, I call it settling smart, which is making conscious and voluntary trade-offs to get what you really want across five facets of life, career, family, friendship, community, and your own well-being. Not all of it was voluntary. So tell us about that. You know what? Um, I have a strong foundation. You know, my dad, uh, he cleaned banks growing up. So I I knew what I, not saying there's anything wrong, but the route I didn't want to take in terms of, 
you know, doing that piece. Now he provided for the family and that was his goal. So my goal now is, you know, what your parents want to do is make you, you know, seem better. It's not that you are better, but just, you know, do, do, do things differently. So uh, my brother served in the military. He just retired after 21 years. So, you know, the goal that I had, I was always taught to have fun. You know, that wasn't real life in terms of uh, expectations. So I went out and I had fun and I had a foundation at home. I uh, came back home to get my fiance, our daughter. And that's what really changed me. You know, at first it was all fun, but now my daughter, I look at, I have to take care of someone else now. So it's not about me. It's about putting her in a position to do what my parents did for me. So, you know, that's what, that's what motivated me. It wasn't voluntary. No one ever goes in and says, Hey, cut me. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's what it ended up being. And, you know, here we are today. So like I said, a story to tell. Yeah, it's a good story. And it's a story of resilience and also speed because it doesn't seem like you really missed a beat. I mean, six months, in that position in events, right? And now look at the role you have. Can you talk about that a little bit inside of thinking about trade-offs? Yeah, so <laughs> the funny story is uh, the day I got released, I came back home, I trained, I told you I did the application. Uh, three weeks later, I got a call from the San Francisco 49ers. Those head coaches, or the head coach there had me in DC when I was there. He said, hey, we're gonna bring you in. We're playing the Redskins this week. I said, what an opportunity. Yes, I will be there. Packing my bag, I get a call back 15 minutes later. They said, we had a guy get hurt in practice. I'm sorry, we can't bring you in. And I said, with all due respect, he said, be ready for next week. I said, with all due respect, I'm done. So that kind of transitioned you know, me into saying, you know what, I'm done. The next morning, the NFL office offered me the position. And then being in the events department, it wasn't something I was passionate about, but you have to get your foot in the door somehow, some way. And I had to prove that I wasn't just the athlete on the field. I was more than an athlete. So, you know, that's what helped me be in the position that I'm in today. That is incredible. And for people right now that are struggling with either, you know, working remote, they're still working. There are about 3 million people that have lost their jobs. You know, unfortunately, uh, you know, I have some family that's in that situation, but thank God for unemployment. Thank God for stimulus checks when they come out. So, you know, we'll be better. Hopefully it doesn't last as long as it did last time. But uh, the good thing is we have a plan and that's the best part. Yeah. And so I want to go back to what you said about sometimes you got to get your foot in the door. So for people that are going to need to either reinvent themselves, work remote for the first time, or even take a step back in their career to take a step forward, what would you tell them? Uh, you have to be a little uncomfortable to grow. You know, I think we get comfortable with being in a situation that we know and we're familiar with, but become accustomed to it. And then we don't grow in terms of being creative, in terms of outreach. So the biggest thing I would say now is just, yes, work on your family time, work on yourself. But the bigger picture is, you know, you're showing your ability to be able to adapt to anything. And that's what companies want in leadership. It's about sudden change. So for those of our listeners that are avid sports fans, yeah. would you tell them what is that conversation like with a player? Mm -hmm. Well, the hardest thing now is you don't ever want to give a guy false hopes and say that you're going to play this game forever. But on the flip side is you say, hey, when I speak to a guy, I want you to maximize this thing for as long as you can. I hope you get 15 years. You know, I, I was able to do nine training camps. I wanted 10. That was my goal. Now I want you to beat that. But uh, it's more so, hey, while you're figuring out some things, figure out what your hobbies are, because I didn't have a hobby when I got done. So. 
that's the biggest things you see ESPN put out the rate and percentages of, uh, you know, uh, how guys uh, aren't able to adapt after the game. For the hardest things, we don't know what we like and what we don't, what we want to do. So figuring out what you're not good at is the, the plan. Why you have a little money in your pocket and chances to make mistakes. So when you do transition. And have you found that your experience is translatable to these players? So for them, it's probably pretty real because you've been it, in it, right? Absolutely. So I think, the fun part is I never go into a situation and say, oh, when I played, because no one wants to hear that at 22 years old. So the biggest thing now is, you know, just relating to them. I've been a starter. I've been cut. Um, I've been on the bench. I've been at home. You know, whatever it may be, I've been through the roller coaster of emotions that you've, you're gone through. Tell me how you feel, and I can tell you the approach that I took or someone that's familiar and connect you with a mentor that can help you through these, uh, through the, through these, through, through these times and how you feel. So mental health is real. We know that, and we're doing a lot to address it now. So that's a great segue. Let's talk about these five facets that I've been researching and studying. I'm showing him, y'all, a copy of my book, Stop Settling, Settle Smart, Rethinking Work-Life Balance, Redesign Your Busy Life. Because work-life balance, we know, is a myth. There's no such thing as all equal parts, especially for someone who's been in your shoes I mean, you've been all over the place, including a ton of travel we were talking about in the pre-call. So now that you're grounded, <laughs> not like your five-year-old, but now that you're grounded, how is that for you getting off the road? You know what? It's uh, It's been fun. Uh, the unfortunate thing was I was supposed to have my wedding last weekend. So, you know, dealing with the emotions with that, we, we lost that opportunity for the 28th, but there's a bigger and better plan for when we moved it. So uh, we wanted it to be done right. And, you know, the state of the world wasn't where it is, where it's supposed to be. So we're, we're okay with that now. Um, but I think, uh, you know, just the biggest thing is, you know, just allowing me to be the best dad I can be, you know. And sometimes, you know, we get wrapped up in our work and forget about the little things that make us, you know, who we are today. So just helping with homework, uh, not being in the way when she's trying to cook, you know, those things. So it's been fun. It's been fun. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. I can attest to that. I'm uh, married second and final. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I trade it up. Is that a good sports analogy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you signed a long-term contract. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that's right. I, I think it has like a renewable clause or something like that. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about well-being for a minute because you brought up mental health. And now more than ever, as people are in confined areas with each other, in some cases 24-7, they're barely getting out for a walk. What would you say to people about taking care of their own well-being right now? I would say read. Uh, we don't realize how much when you read it enlightens you and uh, just changes your perspective on things. It can take your mind off of you know, being laid off or whatever it may be at this point. So I think just uh, getting out to go for a walk. You know, if you have a dog, walk your dog four times a day, something that you wouldn't do. But it, uh, when you work so much, you never really have a chance to just sit and reflect because all you do is focused on that. When you walk away, you come up with some different ideas and you're able to come back and progress. So yeah, I've been reading a book. Um, it's called Win by Mark Moyer. So it's been pretty good. It talked about the athlete transition. So, you know, it's, it's been good for me because you feel like you transition, but I don't know if you ever really fully transition out of sports, you know, in the mental capacity, it hurts. You know, and yeah. you look, at the, look at guys, it, it, you don't understand why no one ever tells you it's done. So that's the hardest piece. Yeah, it's interesting, regardless of age or where people come from, race, socioeconomic status, doesn't matter to me. We're all human beings and COVID 
unfortunately <laughs> has brought that to bear, right? Because no one's escaped this and no one is immune. So we're all in it together, probably for the first time in a unified way in a really kind of scary, uncertain, negative circumstance. But I'm seeing humanity in ways I haven't seen it before. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And you could see the world, you know, where we were 10 years ago is a lot different from where we are now. And we talked about the virtual happy hours. We talked about, um, you know, just Zoom calls to interact with each other. Now we could have did that on FaceTime in the group, face, you know, FaceTime messages. So, but it's an opportunity to do it with coworkers to see what guys are doing. And, you know, you can see someone's facial expression uh, more so than just being on a call. So you really get to feel a person, you know, where, where their heart and their mind is, you know, during these times. Yeah, you bring up heart and mind, and it's it's a little bit of an interesting twist because I want to shout out a client of mine, GDH Consulting. They had 110 people show up the first week of all this for a virtual happy hour. Oh, I love it. I love it. I want in, so they'll have 111 next time. <laughs> they, they would totally love to have you. You will get an invite, and I'll send you the picture, and they are a fun group. And it's interesting because that CEO, they're based in Tulsa, that's how he leads hearts and minds. He wants to love on people and he's really open and direct about it. He's not hiding behind some like I'm the founder CEO mask of this big company. He's just real. That's the best. And to use that that uh, that analogy there, we um, Bruce Arians had a chance to hear him speak a few weeks ago and he said, I want to be a leader of men and women. I don't care about you know a lot of things that people care about. I just want to develop leaders. When I do that, I know my football club will be at their best. And when he said that, I said, that, what a better way to coach some guys. That's all you want in a coach is someone who's going to provide a vision for you that you don't see for yourself and then follow their vision with your own vision and then, you know, make things happen. So it's been great. Tons of wisdom coming out today from you, sir, Darrell. So before we wrap, I like to play this game called Fact versus Fiction. And a couple minutes ago, you actually started it because a lot of people get hung up and emotionally invested in things that aren't real. And so earlier you talked about sort of, you know, not having false hope and not getting so, so attached for the players to the 20 year or whatever it is journey you wanted, you know, 10, you got nine, you know, and having hobbies. So let, let me try this out. Let's just see how it goes. Okay. So fact or fiction, having hobbies may end up in uh, being a career. Facts. And that's not just for players, that's for anyone. It's for everyone, and I say that because I see a lot of guys who've played around with apps, and here they are today, talk about Instagram, talk about TikTok. Sure, it came from a vision of just saying, hey, I just want to have fun with my friends doing a video. <laughs> okay, this is a curveball. You ready? Let's do it. You're going to write a book, fact or fiction? Fact. I wrote my book every day. I just haven't put it on paper yet. <laughs> you know, they say everyone has a book inside of them. And right now, more than ever, I mean, when you mentioned that other guy's story that you were reading and, you know, talking about his journey, I thought to myself, well, boy, I'd love to read your book because you also do a really nice job of translating coming from the world of big sports just into real life, keeping it real. So absolutely. That's authentic engagement. That's what I live on every day. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. And engagements in your title. So absolutely. fact versus fiction. Did you make that title or did it already exist? <laughs> fiction. It already existed. <laughs> Not a coincidence. <laughs> you know what? So Troy Vincent had a vision. He said, we're not developing guys. We're engaging for themselves to develop. So figure out how to engage with a guy to maximize his potential. So I love what he did with that. 
This is beautiful. This is such a good way for us to wrap. So for companies that are struggling right now to keep their teams engaged while not seeing them physically, maybe they are seeing them on video, maybe they're not, but they're all remote for this time being. What would you say to them? Is it a fact or fiction that they can keep them as engaged as when they were face-to-face? I think it's a fact. Um, And I say that because now you have a chance to learn the person. And when you have heart and mind of a person, which we mentioned earlier, you have that person and they're going to commit to you to be the best that they can be. And in football terms, we say running through a wall. That's what we say. So um, I, I think it's an opportunity for the, you know, the, the leaders of those organizations to learn about the, um, how to satisfy you know, their, their employees. And that, overall, that will trickle down to the business and the work that they do to make the overall effect of the company you know, be maximized. That is such good advice. And when you use that word satisfy, it's almost like you put an exclamation point on it. Can you unpack that a little bit further? Yeah. So I took a business course last year uh, at the University of Michigan Ross School. And the first thing was employee satisfaction. And I didn't realize that because we think about, you know, employee satisfaction and customer satisfaction, but you think about the little things, how many cups do I have? How many, those are, you know, those are tangible things that need to be discussed. But, you know, when you have happiness of employers and I see it from the work that we do, you talk about, you know, just being privileged to work for the NFL. Um, yeah, I played, now I transitioned out of it, but it's uh, one of those things where you say, you know what, I know if I, if I can get into the heart and mind of this person, I'm going to be, be the best I can be. And it's going to help them see that I can be a leader for them. And then they'll you know, follow the lead and develop their own plan so we can continue to grow and be innovative. So let's challenge our listeners, whether you lead people at work or you're just simply a leader in your life, which we all are, let's make sure we're looking at hearts and minds, happiness and satisfaction of one another. Let's get beyond employee and customer sat. And let's get into just human satisfaction. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing right now. And I would say just focus on yourselves. And once you figure out who you are, then you can help the greater person around you. Yeah, I like to say me before we, but it's harder to practice than it is to hear it, even for myself, kind of recovering workaholic and former single mom. So if you could take one hour out of either the time you're spending right now in career with your beautiful family, even if it's virtual happy hour or whatever, community or well-being, where would you take an hour and apply it in one of those other facets? Uh, I would take career and put it in with my family because I know that if I take care of home, they'll continue to support me in my career. And I'm okay with that. And then the mental well-being, you know, I'll, I'll put the friends bucket in that as well too because again, like I said, you have to work on self and you have to know yourself and we all get overwhelmed and you know, put ourselves in a situation where sometimes it's too much and that's a human thing. So just taking a step back to kind of analyze the situation and uh, it'll put you in the best situation. So those two things are going to my family and my uh, mental well-being. (laughs) That's fantastic. And for employers out there, do they benefit from that when, when individuals make those conscious choices to trade off time? Absolutely. Um, it goes back to the satisfaction piece with an exclamation point. So, you know, you look at it from that standpoint, you have a lot of people doing some really good things that maybe not get noticed. And the biggest thing is we can say that we don't like to be acknowledged when we've done something, but we do. Regardless of how we respond to it, we'd like to be acknowledged for our work. So, you know, just take that time to do that. And it'll, be, it'll be great for the uh, overall approach to the company. I am sure producer Paul, when he weighs in after he hears this, is going to talk about that because people are struggling to really get noticed right now. I'm glad you brought that up. 
Thanks for the prompt, Dana. Darrell, I'm really glad you brought that up too. In the companies that I've been involved with, we are super proactive with praise, perhaps because it's really that I enjoy being praised myself. But we rarely miss an opportunity to point out when one of our people is caught doing something right. It's economical, and it feels great to everyone involved. So we're going to do another segment on that, inspired by Darrell Young. You <laughs> have been incredible today, and your wisdom and all these nuggets are really going to help a lot of people get where they need to go from where they are right now. I appreciate it. I hope everyone uh, stays safe during this time, and remember to work on yourself. And that doesn't mean excluding people around you, but you know, work on yourself, whether it be meditating. Um, you have the mental apps. They have the breathe. You can do in-house yoga. There's so many things you can do right now. So just do something. <laughs> do something. So everyone take that challenge. Do something, even if it's 30 minutes and you have to borrow from one of life's facets. It's okay. There's 168 hours in every week, and we aren't sleeping 168 hours, ideally. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you and stay well. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Settle Smarter is produced by New Dog Media in association with Phoenix Fifth, who are solely responsible for the content. Check the show notes for links to our website, settlesmarter.com. To find Dana Look Aramoto's latest book, take the quiz, read more about today's guest, and to contact us with your response to the show or any questions or comments. And don't forget to subscribe to the Settle Smarter podcast and share the episode. Settle Smarter was recorded and edited by Paul Godwin, who also composed our theme music. Settle Smarter can be heard at Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you hear your podcasts. On behalf of Dana Look, Arimoto, and the whole Settle Smarter team, this is Paul Godwin saying, see you next time.